Former New York socialite Judith Case and John Raymond are joined by Satan in unholy wedlock before a live altar, a nude redhead. Self-ordained sorcerer minister Anton Levy presided at the San Francisco ceremony. As the worst man looks on, the blessings of Lucifer and Beelzebub are invoked. The elaborate rites smacked to publicity because next day the bride and groom secured a conventional wedding license. The only people that I would cast a curse or a spell on would be people individually that would sort of get under my skin. I haven't come forth in a great many years because I didn't want to be relegated to another guest on a TV talk show. But I can assure you, Satanism is here to stay. Hey, welcome everybody to nwczradio.com, Channel One's Down the Rabbit Hole. My name is Big D. And I'm Brandon. And you can always reach out to us, down the RH at protonmail.com. Down the RH at protonmail.com. We appreciate your input and we appreciate all your suggestions, your thoughts on our episodes. We have a great conversation over there. If you want to be a part of that, just email us. It's a lot of fun. It is. We, we got a lot of good a good conversations, a lot of good people that email us. I mean, some people, I mean, we've had emails going back and forth for a few months with a few of them. Yeah, and of course, we want to thank all the platforms that carry us. We couldn't do it without them, uh, although actually we could because we have quite the email list. <laughs> we do. So I'm not worried if we get pulled or yanked. I, th- I, I think that day's coming eventually. It's just a matter of when. A lot of you have sent in and said, add my name to the email list. If you're not familiar with what we're talking about, should we go off the platform? Should we get censored or deplatformed? Whatever happens, we are still going to do this show and we'll email you out the episode. And if you want to receive it, you just drop us a line down the RH at protonmail.com. Say, put me on the list. We will. And that'll be that. So we have a lot of names on that list. And should we go down? I think. I think uh, I think we're still in pretty good shape. I think so. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's just gonna yeah, it's gonna take the, the the wrong person to hear one of our episodes and get us canceled. We have had at least one, and I think a couple of episodes that they took down, and we we put them yeah. back up under different names, so they're still there. But we have gotten in trouble a couple of times. <laughs> we we have yeah. What was oh I remember the one that got yeah. The main one that got pulled. Yeah. So anyway, we're heading into, obviously, the Halloween season. And for whatever reason here in America, and I think North America, including Canada and Mexico, it's a huge deal. It's become a massive deal. People spend gadzooks amounts of money on it. It is party central. Every business center every church every school every everybody 
is having either a trunk or treat or get the kids out and go door to door to the businesses or even in, in the neighborhoods, although that's backed off quite a bit. It's nothing like when I was a kid because that was the only place no. to go. Yeah, and that's the thing I remember when I was a kid, we used to, we would dress up, we would go out just, you know, as early as they'd let us, and we'd go around our neighborhood, and I mean, I, we had a decent-sized neighborhood, and then we'd come back to the house, switch costumes, and go again. And I mean, we would come back, like, because we used pillowcases, and just, yeah, and we'd come back, and by the end of the night, we'd have at least one, if not sometimes more than one, full pillowcase. Yeah, that we didn't have a school to go to. They didn't have no. harvest parties or trunk or treats or whatever that was called. And the costumes were you made it yourself, or mm-hmm. it was sort of the beginning of the box costumes. I, I remember I they were really lame masks with uh, basically a garment that you put over yourself, and then you're a Superman, Spider Man, Casper the Ghost, whatever. But they all were the same. But, I mean, you could make your own. Because I remember one year I went as, like, a hobo, which I think is an offensive word now, but I don't know. But I went as a hobo and just put on some old clothes, kind of made them look dirty. And then we took coffee, coffee grounds, and rubbed them on my face so it looked like I had a beard. You were house-challenged. Yes, yes, I was (laughs) house-challenged. So we would, would, yeah, so we we did all sorts. I mean, I remember another year I went as, like, a psycho paper boy. I just, because I was a paper boy at the time, I just put one of my my paper bags over me, sprayed a bunch of blood on it, and carried a baseball bat. I'm like, yeah, this looks good. Yeah, (laughs) homemade costumes, always the best. Oh, yeah. Always the best. I didn't even like the store-bought ones. When we were kids, very few, mostly just the little, little kids. Mom would buy one of them. Because they knew they weren't going to keep them on, so why put all the effort into it? Yep. But all my friends, we all made our own, and and we had a great time. So oh, that was half the fun. But if you were that house that didn't hand out anything, or handed even worse, gave out toothbrushes. Oh yeah, we had those or raisins. Raisins. We we were going to TP your house. Yeah. Just so you know, unless they were an old person. Yeah. You know, if it was true. grandma on the block, we kind of gave her a pass. And I mean, sad thing, just side note before we get into the topic, I was around during the transition of homemade candies and cookies and popcorn balls and all that to where they phased that all out because they were afraid people were putting needles and drugs and all that stuff. This was in the 70s. And we had some old ladies on our block and that was what they lived for. They loved to cook or bake cookies mm-hmm. and make popcorn balls and all this stuff. And I remember one year, nobody was going by their house. They couldn't figure it out. And so several of the parents got together and went over there and had to break the news to them. That, you know, that was a no, no anymore. It just broke her heart. And so she gave yeah. us all the popcorn balls. That was, that was good for me that year, but that was the end of that. And God, I haven't had popcorn balls in years. I used to love those, especially when they'd use like Kool-Aid. And put yeah. it into it and give them that extra flavor. Oh. People would give us apples. They would give mm-hmm. all kind of stuff. You know, it was yeah. homemade candies, hand wrapped. Yeah, those days are gone. Nobody's doing yeah. that. So, well, the reason we're bringing all this up is because over the next two weeks, we're going to talk about there were two churches specifically that became, or I'll say started, the modern Satanist Church of Satan movement. Yes. It started as one, 
And then as you'll find out, they split and they went in two completely different directions. Yes, two completely different directions. And it's very interesting to see because, I mean, they started together kind of. I mean, well, the one started and then the other guy joined him. Mm-hmm. And then he went off on a whole different tangent. Like he decided that his idea of what Satanism was, which I think most of what people see as Satanism is more towards his side than the original, than the starter Anton LaVey. Yeah, 100%. And we'll get into the riff and why it all happened and so forth. But I want to start off with Encyclopedia Britannica and their definition of Satanism because there's lots of different definitions floating out there. Everyone has their view of Satan and of Satanism. And Brandon talked about Satanic Panic, and that was a real thing. I was around for that, where Satan was everywhere in every school and anything that and everything that happened was Satan. Mm-hmm. So according to Encyclopedia Britannica, they say Satanism, the worship of Satan, a figure from Christian belief who is also commonly known as the devil or Lucifer. For most of Christian history, accusations that groups have been deliberately worshiping the devil have been spurious with little or no basis in reality. However, from at least the 20th century, various, quote, new religions have emerged whose followers openly identify as Satanists or Luciferians. And and there is a big difference in that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their reasons for doing so, along with the nature of their beliefs and practices, vary considerably. And that's essentially what we want to talk about today. Are these differences... Why all of a sudden they've shown up in the 20th century as, I'll just say, open Satanists? Because if you go through history, I'm sure there's been underground Satanists or Luciferians, certain of it. Yeah. There's been anti-Catholic church Satanists. There's just been, uh, and, and then there's been people who have been mislabeled as Satanists. We all remember the Salem witch trials. And you can go through history, and a lot of times, if somebody was doing something (laughs) either not deemed credible by the Catholic Church or the church at large, and they were outcasts or they were, you know, I don't know, doing medicine from the earth, however you want to, however wicked, however you want to classify it, they were immediately labeled as Satanist. And that's so true. Anything that went against and was not part of the Catholic wasn't basically sanctioned by the Pope. And the Catholic religion was considered Satanist. And that's kind of thing like when a lot of people pop up with the occult and say the occult, all the occult pretty much means is not Christianity. Right. So Uh, anything that doesn't fit into Christianity is technically occult. Yeah, there was a time when devil worship or, or Satanism was intertwined with so-called witchcraft. Again, not that there weren't witches or haven't been witches or people who practice witchcraft. They're there, and they have, from the beginning of time, done all this stuff. There's accounts in the Bible and accounts all over the place of people doing this stuff. But a lot of people, at the same time, because of satanic panic or whatever, were labeled as Satanists or Luciferians when they actually were 
just more humanist or more environmentalist or more and even Wiccan has gotten a weird connotation to it these days. I'm not, I don't practice Wiccanism. It's not my thing. I think it's wrong on many levels. However, it's not Satanism. No. I mean, it is a cult. Yes. Just because of the, the OCC ULT occult, um, not a cult. Um, but it is considered a cult because, like I said, anything that is not Catholic is basically, by definition, occult practices. Right. And I think that's where a lot of people get their mix up. Where all of a sudden when I say, oh, this is of the occult, everyone's like, oh, Satan. It's like, no, 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 no. This brings us to more of what we want to talk about. We're not here to, to discuss at length all the history of, quote, Satanism. And again, for those of you out there going, it's always been there. Yes, we know. Mm-hmm. We know. However, it was the 20th century, and primarily 1966, where all of this became, for lack of better terms, a pop religion. Yeah, and it became mainstream because it was one of those things, any of them that have been there forever, which we know they have been, have been in the background. They've always hid in the background. They've always been, you know, behind closed doors, behind the curtains, in the basement, you know, the secret societies. April 30th, 1966, it popped up into like the fringe. It was there for everyone to see and nobody was hiding. Yep, and it all started in San Francisco. The that church surprised me. <laughs> church of Satan founded in San Francisco by uh, one Anton LaVey. And according to this article, LaVey also promoted his ideas through books, most notably the Satanic Bible. Mm-hmm. LaVey and Satanism, and that came out in 69. LaVey and Satanism was formerly atheistic, presenting Satan not as a real being, but as a symbol of humanity's animal nature. Yeah, which is interesting, because if you really think about it, the way the definition that you read out of Encyclopedia Britannica, basically Anton LaVey's version of Satanism doesn't fit. Because he didn't actually technically believe in a physical being that was Satan. No, he He did not. the, the idea of the animals, the humans' animalistic behavior as the idea, and not as an actual physical being. Yeah, in fact, I put together a list of some of the core beliefs of the LaVey-style Satanism, because a lot of people say, oh, well, the Satanic Bible, that's their Bible, that's their text. No, no, no. even even their the church, that church, didn't see it as their tenets of faith. It was more the thoughts of LeVay, and it was given that title to sell books, essentially, just yeah. to freak the public out. And, oh, no, there's a Satanic Bible, and I've read it. Yeah, I haven't. I've read it. There is really not a lot to it. No. It's in a box around here somewhere, but you know, I mean, he talks everything completely unpacked. He talks a big game, and, mm-hmm. and he loved theatrical and the theatrics of putting on a show freaking everybody out that's why they filmed everything you can find video all over the place of this church of satan doing their their 
rituals, supposed rituals, with all their crazy robes and the sword and the naked ladies and all this stuff. Him shaving his head. Yeah, everything. Hmm? And we'll get into him in a moment. But here's just some of the prime tenets. And a lot of this, too. I mean, if you go back, the, the, the Lima, which was Aleister Crowley, a lot of this is stolen. Oh. I mean, in a, a lot of ways from... And he admits it through multiple things that he took a lot from Crowley. A lot. And watered it down him. and made it palatable. Yes. And that was it. Thelema was a little bit too far out there, and he made it more palatable to be able to put out to the mainstream. Yeah, so LeVay saw Satan as a basically a metaphor for personal indulgence. Yes. And he said that several times. Also... He saw Satanism, it was a basically a glorification of animal pleasures. Not for animals, but like the animalistic instincts that we have. Yeah. Like you just let them go. Let them all go. Mm-hmm. But again, when we get into it, it's very hypocritical because they had strict rules and there were a lot of guidelines on how you could do this. <laughs> I mean, it, it's in a lot of ways it comes out, it's hedonism with some guidelines. Oh, absolutely. Yes. LeVay saw Satanism as anarchic. Mm-hmm. I will agree with him on this. It was anarchic towards the Catholic Church. And that was where the anarchy ended because they, they were actually quite right wing when you get down to it. They were. Uh, much so on the libertarian side, obviously. But there were some, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll get into it, there were some weird associations with some white supremacy groups and and the other thing that's weird too is they're very right wing in the fact that there's a lot of and i mean people can get mad at me for saying this there's a lot of you know self-proclaimed christians and catholics that follow a lot of the attributes that he put forth for satanists really if you go back and look aren't attributes of christianity they're attributes of the Church of Satan, they just became big in... It's the hedonism that our country is going to right now. 100%. Also, uh, along those lines, LeVay's Satanism tended to attract the sensually indulgent. And like I said, they had all kind of rules, like you could do whatever you wanted as far as sex with anybody you wanted, but no kids. I mean, that's a great rule, but they didn't. Pe- yeah. There was this idea that they were having orgies all the time. They never did. No. You, if you were with somebody, you were supposed to be faithful to that person. Mm-hmm. If you were going to drink, and they did, they drank. They believed in alcohol. It was part of their ritual, but you were not to be drunk. They, they really frowned on anybody who got hammered. They also were pretty heavy on how you use drugs. It had to be in a very controlled environment. It had to be for certain specific reasons. So this idea that they're just running around amok and doing anything and everything they wanted, well, yeah, kind of in a way, but it was very, it was very controlled way. That's what I thought was it, so funny. It's very, it is very weird because if you're going, because even like one of the tenants I talk about too is like you're not supposed to. Like it makes sexual advances unless you were given the green light, but they don't say what that green light is. Unless you're given permission, you're not even supposed to make it an advance, not let alone even sex. 
even make a sexual advance without permission, which I'm I fully agree with. But kind of want to know what that you know permission is. <laughs> I get the permission of the actual sex part, but the sexual advance. I mean, you know, I gotta let her know I'm interested somehow. Yeah, and I don't know if that came from because there was a big riff in their church uh, uh, multiple times mm-hmm. because Levey, like I said, I think he talked a game. But I think he was actually afraid of his own tenets in a lot of ways because he was truly about money and freedom, like individual freedom, apart from any kind of constraints of Catholicism. That's really what it boiled down to. I mean, really, his entire religion is pretty much a big, giant F you to Catholicism. That was the whole purpose. And I mean... Once we get into Aquino later, he kind of does the same thing by trying to put Baphomet everywhere, but his is for completely different reasons. For whatever reason, which Anton LaVey didn't even ra- wasn't raised religious, but for whatever reason, he had a huge issue with Catholicism. Huge. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about Anton LaVey himself. Like, who is this guy? Or who yeah. was he? Because he has he's since passed away. He died October 29th. 1997 he didn't quite make it to the holiday almost he almost made it 67 years old so he was born howard stanton levey on april 11th 1930 in chicago illinois his father was michael joseph levey and his uh, mother was gertrude augusta and they basically were your typical mom and dad. Like there was nothing out of the ordinary about these two. One of the things that they encouraged Anton to do was to, to play music. He tried all kind of instruments and he learned to play the piano and the oboe and several different things. In fact, one of the big, I remember reading, and I think maybe it's in the Satanic Bible where he talks about he used to play calliope for a, a circus. Mm-hmm. And on Saturday they, nights, they would have a burlesque show. And then Sunday morning, he got hired by the local Baptist church to play the organ for the Sunday morning tent service. And he said he'd look out there and it'd be the same men from the burlesque show at the Sunday morning service. And that's one of the tipping points for him and he was like this is all a scam and a sham and they're just all pretending and i'm not going to participate in that yeah and uh, and the the hard part was there's a lot of information that we have about anton levey that comes from his there's an autobiography on him but it's all from him right he's the one who said it so there's a lot of information that we get where you're like yeah i don't know about that um one of my favorite things that he said though this is one of his quotes the atheist complains about the wind. The Christian prays for it to change. The Satanist adjusts his sails. Well, he was a strange cat. I mean, he was weird. Not that this is weird if you have one, but he, he would drive around in a coroner's van. He had a pet black leopard. He also had a stuffed werewolf on display in his house. This was before the Church of Satan. So he was kind of out there. And he was yeah. part of the counterculture, although he despised them at the same time. That was so, the dichotomy of this guy is so weird. It is. 
And I, I know the one thing with the cats too is I think when he I read somewhere when he was in the the circus or whatever, um, he also at one point became the the like big cat tamer. So he got used to having cats, and then he actually had a leopard as a pet for a long time. Yeah, and didn't he was studying also to be like a detective or a PI or there's some weird things in one of his books. He talks about, he worked for the uh, San Francisco police department as a photographer. Right. But there's nothing in the San Francisco police department's records. that shows that Anton LaVey or Howard LaVey ever worked for them. But then he would claim that they had sponged, you know, his record. had taken his record out because they didn't want to be associated with him. Right. So. And so it's hard to know who to believe there. Yeah, and there's more than one case of that happening where he says, hey, this is what what, what happened, and this is what I did, and someone else is like, yeah, no. There's no record of that. Yeah, so he at one point started these Friday night lectures in San Francisco. They were lectures on the occult and rituals, and from a lot of things I've read about people who went to these he wasn't very good at it, actually. He was sort of learning as he went. It was sort of, it, he, in my opinion, this guy desired to be popular and to be famous. And I think you're going to see that as we roll through how the Church of Satan evolved and what he did with it and what was the catalyst for the split. Yeah. So he's always looking for attention. Anyway, f- uh, finally, somebody in this s- circle, this class that he was suggested that he start a new religion, which, as you've heard on our podcast, we've talked about many of these cults that have come out of the hippie era, and especially down there in California and on the West Coast. They were a dime a dozen. They were everywhere. And so this wasn't like an unusually weird request or comment by this guy because everybody was starting them. Yeah. So he's like, hey, why don't you start one? And so LaVey said, hmm, that'll work. And April 30th, 1966, started this religion. And that's also when he shaved his head. Yeah, it's part of the, the it was the ritual. Because April 30th is, oh, it's the witches. It's the witches holiday. Um, yeah, and it's also in the tradition of ancient executioners. Yeah. And that's what he saw himself as. He was excommunicating, cutting off, and ridding himself of any form of Christianity. Yeah. So he then, of course, declared himself high priest, and that 1966 was year one, Anno Satanus, the first year of the age of Satan. Then That's right. It's Walpurgis night. Which yeah, I can't. Nice. I don't know how to say that. It's a German holiday. Yeah, well, Purgus, I, I believe, is. I mean, it's W A L P U R G I S. So it's Witches' Night, basically. So. Yeah, so then people started dubbing him the Black Pope because, as I said, he sought the media attention. They didn't disappear into a cubbyhole somewhere or the basement of some building or go away into the hills. No. He wanted everybody to see this. So he was constantly hounding the media to come out and 
view what they were doing. He invited them, and then and he would give them food and all kind. He was just whatever he could do to get them out there. Is that's what he did. And and he also tried to as much as possible get like associated with famous people. Yes, because if he was associated with famous people, then they're going to start you know paying more attention to him. And it worked. Yeah, Jay Mansfield joined in. You had Sammy Davis Jr. join for a while. They were the most famous, but there were a lot of others that rolled through there, and he claimed to have had an affair with Marilyn Monroe. We're talking about yeah. LeBay. He also claimed to have had an affair, and probably so, with Jay Mansfield because they spent a lot of time together, a lot. They did. They did. They spent a lot of time together. Um, in fact, uh, I believe, uh, didn't he? Well, he was married once. And then had another woman that was with him for quite a long time. And his wife, they got together when she was 15, right? Yes. Yeah. Which is one of those things. I was actually talking to my wife about this last night. And it's quite interesting because the hard thing is, is you, you hear that and it's like, ooh, cringe. But then I'm thinking about it. I mean, in all reality, I, I wouldn't be here if my dad wasn't a perv. But because my mom was 16 and my dad was 26 when they got married. So back then, it's still weird but it wasn't as frowned upon as it is now. And in fact, with a lot of people, my, that was my mom's second marriage. Wow. At 16. So back then it was, I want to say normal, but it wasn't unheard of, of someone, a 15 or 16 year old marrying a 25, 26 year old. Still weird, still wrong, but it wasn't unheard of. Right. So as the press came in and started witnessing all these things, such as, he had the first satanic baptism in history, according to him, of his three-year-old daughter, Zena. And then later, they had the very first satanic wedding. Everything was the first, because this was the first on-record yeah. church of Satan. Out and proud Satanism. So everything was the first. They, And he was dubbed the black pope and because of that <laughs> he said let's run with it and then he started wearing the weird cape and they painted the entire house inside and out black it was the black house right it was the black house and they started all of the i'm going to say theatrical rituals yeah and i mean he was very much like an early prince of the the satanic bible the dedications were the people that he felt inspired him, and they were P.T. Barnum, Mark Twain, Frederick Nietzsche, Grigory Rasputin. I mean, those were some of the people that he said inspired him. And, I mean, P.T. Barnum, he is a, we should do an episode on him once. He was the biggest shyster. There was uh, a, there's a sucker born every minute. Yep. This. Mark Twain, I mean, you know, great writer. Nietzsche, I mean, that's another philosopher. And then Rasputin, I did an entire episode on that lunatic. So he he's a special one, too. Yeah. But it gives you an idea of, like, what he – he was a showman. I mean, look at those names. P.T. Barnum, showman. Mark Twain, writer. Rasputin, showman. Even Nietzsche, who was out to just shock everybody with yeah. uh, his, quote, philosophy – a lot of people claim Nietzsche didn't even, Nietzsche didn't even believe all that stuff himself. He just wrote it down to make a name for himself. Yeah. 
And those are the people that LeVay took inspiration from. Well, and here, so in 1980, and we're kind of skipping ahead. We'll backtrack in a moment, but just to that point. In 1980, the FBI interviewed LeVay in connection with this alleged plot to murder Ted Kennedy. And that's a kind of a whole story in itself. But as part, as part of this is all on record. I have the FBI files where he says this. He told the agents that most of his church's followers were fanatics, cultists, and weirdos. And that LeVay's interest, according to this, according to LeVay, his interest in the Church of Satan is strictly from a monetary point of view. And that he spent, quote, most of his time furnishing interviews, writing material, and lately has become interested in photography. Yeah. And he said in another interview, he said a true Satanist wouldn't even want to be part of his church because they don't want to be part of an organized religion. <laughs> I know. But it's true. It is. It's all true. The whole thing was a show. Yeah, I'm looking at these these FBI records, and they, uh, you know, they went through all of this plot to kill Teddy Kennedy. The, the none of it made sense. It was one, another one, kind of one of those '60s or '70s FBI. You know, there's a commie under other of every under every rock type scenario. Yeah, and because well. There's the Church of Satan, which had spooked a lot of people. Everything was being pin- pointed to them, pointed to them, pointed to them. Anytime anything came up, like a cat was missing, oh, it's got to be that Church of Satan down there. <laughs> Dang Satanists. <laughs> well, they got to eat. But, I mean, actually, you know, actually what they think with the Satanists, that'd be like witches and the cats are their familiars, and that's a whole nother. Well, I found a, an article, because after LeVay passed away, the head of or the high priest of the church became this guy, Peter Gilmore. He goes by Magus Peter H. Gilmore. And he wrote a long article called Pretenders to the Throne. He's talking about, you know, sort of the beginning of the church and then all these people who split off from them. Anyway, this is what he said. There have been those who would attempt to imitate us but they usually discover that our shoes are far too big to fill. Short-lived spinoffs has, have included Church of Satanic Brotherhood, Ordo Templi Satanus, Order of the Black Ram, Church of Lucifer, the Orthodox Satanic Church, and so on. None of these has prospered or even affected the course of Satanism as they have quickly collapsed due to the lack of energy or direction. Since the death of our high priest and founder, even more imitators have emerged trying to make their way to the center ring. These sorry clowns are banished by their own lack of competence to the side rings, quickly passed over as the discerning look towards us for the genuine star performers. See our bunko sheet for tips on how to identify these wannabes. Uh, It talks about in 1974, Church of Satan instituted its fourth phase of development. Previously, we had issued charters for formal grottos and that's where i want to talk they had these grottos so people will always ask well how big was this church how many members did they have you know how big did it get because according to the press they were ooh scary they met every week they had these rituals and all of hollywood was showing up and it was really it was the end of the the world basically yes well in reality at its maximum peak 
some people within the church leaked out that they had 10,000 members. But other members who left the church and who had disagreements with it or just walked away said, no, it was actually the membership was actually only in the small hundreds. Yeah. But, but because LeVay was such a good showman, and one of the things that they would do is in San Francisco, there was a uh, strip bar down the street, and they would put together some of their women. They called them, uh, it was like the, the, I don't know, the coven or the witches or something, and they would go down once a week and dance topless. And then in between <laughs> topless dancers, LeVay would get up there and espouse his view of the Church of Satan. And anybody that was in the audience that night was considered a member. So they would just count count heads and go, yep, we had, I don't know, I would say we had 50 here tonight, and so we have 50 new members in the Church of Satan. So, I mean, you could literally just show up at the place, not know what's going on, and you were counted as a member. They, they didn't really have a role. No. Now, and that was a hard part of keeping track of how many there was. Well, later, because he wanted to make more money and he was always trying to figure out how to capitalize on this, you could go to their website or if you bought his book, there was a pullout tab in the back and you could send him, I think it was $200 or $225 or something like that. I think I saw 250. Yeah. So you what I think it is right now. Yeah. You would fill this form out, write a check, send it in. And you were a lifetime member with benefits and privileges, which were none. But they tried to set up the, what they call grottos around the United States. And these were basically satellite churches or meeting places or whatever. And some popped up here or there, very short-lived. None of them are left that, that I'm aware of. I couldn't find any that were left. Yeah. Basically, we're down to, they got into such trouble when, when Anton LaVey died then there was a big infight between his daughters and one of the high priests and on and on. They had to sell all that stuff in San Francisco and they moved to New York, which is where they're at now. Yeah. So according to their site, this is what they say about the grottos. We do not have chapters and our grottos were disbanded as being unnecessary. Our organization does not have church buildings as that would be against our individualist approach to living. Originally, Anton now. LeVay, yeah, now. Now. <laughs> and originally, Anton LeVay used his home as a headquarters for our church and performed rituals there, but he stopped that fairly early, and members began to make their own places for ritual in their homes. So basically, they're saying, and this is what it became towards the end, um, and especially after Anton LeVay died, it became a, it's more of a, it's about us. Like I said, it's hedonistic. Yes. You you worship in your way wherever you want, however you want. Well, he said at one point after ordaining himself and during one of his first uh, whatever uh, addresses to the this newly formed church, he said the whole concept of Satan tempting man is wrong. On the contrary, he motivates man. We just think it's time the devil was given his due. The devil is the guy who kept all the churches in business. So Yes, he was definitely a, a hedonist or a humanist or however you want to lay that down. He didn't even believe in Satan. Here, no. What Anton LaVey wanted to do, 
He wanted to do whatever it is that he wanted to do and not feel guilty about it from any kind of social mores or from the church or from any rules other than his own. And that was sort of what he preached to others. But there's big danger in that. The danger in that is everyone's rules are different. And they did kick people out of the Church of Satan a lot because there were people who would show up and they thought it was the, hey, we're going to sacrifice goats and kill kids and you know splatter blood everywhere and have massive orgies. And no, no, we don't, we don't do that here. And so they would kick people out all the time. Yeah, because people wanted to be what they thought it was. And they find out what it really was, and they're like, yeah. Some other weird things he did, he used to make himself, this is Anton LaVey, make himself available for the fees of either $2 up to $100 to spend the night in a graveyard watching for ghosts or to keep night watches on supposed haunted houses or to advise clients on matters from the emotional to the spectral. Which I find interesting in that because you would think if he was a, quote, Satanist and a Satan high priest, that he would be advising clients on, I don't know, demons or evil spirits or how to get what you want. No, emotional, from emotional to the spectral. It's all a show. Oh, yeah. That's like sleight of hand, magician at the county fair stuff. Yeah, and I did figure out how to how to join. It is two twenty five. You send two hundred twenty five dollars, and then you have to write this this saying out. Please enroll me as a registered member of the Church of Satan. I recognize that failure to practice principles of the Church of Satan and or engaging in illegal activity may result in termination of this membership. I am legally of adult age in my nation of residence. I have enclosed a copy of a national or state issued photo ID as proof of my identity and age. And closes $225 in U.S. funds. And then send them to the P.O. Box 666. <laughs> Poughkeepsie, New York. He did know how to push buttons. There's no doubt about it. A lot of their stuff was cloaked in this sort of imagery. And when we, get, when we talk about the Temple of Set next week, Aquino took it to a whole nother level. Yeah. What Anton LaVey did was sort of cartoonish satanism it reminds me it reminds me of you know watching saturday morning cartoons where they would show the devil or they would show you know some demons coming out of a a a pot to scare somebody that was his version it was very (laughs) showy cartoony and not serious very much so and it's one of those things too that where if you look at all of the symbols he uses, the only reason they have power in the religion is because they have power in Christianity. If they had no power in Christianity, he would want nothing to do with them. The only reason he picked those symbols is because the power that they held in Christianity. Yeah, in fact, a historian of Satanism, Gareth Medway, he describes LeVay as a born showman. And others called him a colorful figure of considerable personal magnetism. 
And Medway contrasted the LeVay from the likes of Jim Jones, David Koresh, and Charles Manson, noticing that whereas the latter were the charismatic leaders of apocalyptic communes within the Church of Satan, no one hung on to LeVay's every word, and church members were allowed considerable autonomy. So it was very loosey-goosey. I think it was all... It was. He would show up in Hollywood and try to get onto any show he could, he was, uh, people will dispute this, but if you open the gatefold for Hotel California on the inside, that's Anton LaVey standing up there on the balcony. For a long time, the Eagles, oh yeah, that's him. And then all of a sudden they decided, no, no, that's not him. It's him. Just look. Of course not. He showed up in all kinds of places. I used to watch him. At least once a week on some afternoon show like Geraldo or Morton Downey mm -hmm. Jr. or Phil Donahue or whatever, Sally jo Jesse Raphael. He was on there all the time, and his daughter Zena was on there a lot. And so he loved the spotlight, and he loved pushing buttons. And you could tell, and as a Christian watching this, fascinated by it all, you could tell just the way he spoke, the twinkle in his eye, the demeanor. And, and look, I'm not giving this guy any credit. I'm just, what I'm saying is, is that he knew he was joking. He was punking people. He knew it. Yeah. And he thought it was even yeah. funnier if you took the bait. Mm -hmm. It was obvious. It was obvious as the day is long because they would, they would stack the opposing guests with, I don't know, Christian broadcasters or, some professor from some Christian college nobody ever heard of, and they would come on and get all heated and all upset and talk about how this was the end of the world and it was the worst thing that ever happened. And, you know, from my perspective, yeah, I think he was playing right into the devil's hands, but he, was not, he wasn't the Satanist, the traditional Satanist that everybody viewed and or tried to attribute to him. That's what I'm saying here. Yeah, no, he, he wanted people to look at him and think that. But in all reality, if you listen to him and talk to him and like looked at all the stuff he did, he wasn't the traditional. He wasn't the whole idea of like the evilest man in the world, which a lot of people are like, oh, he's evil. Aleister Crowley was way eviler than he. A thousand times. And Aleister Crowley, in all reality, I mean, he's one that we got to talk about eventually, in a lot of ways was just a rich kid being a wank yeah but he the the danger with crowley is is that he believed all this stuff yes and that he was trying I mean, he was really trying to do what he said he was trying to do yeah yes. levey saw that and, and was like ah, i'm gonna freak everybody out and i'm just gonna i'm gonna, put, I'm gonna make money off this i'm gonna be the antithesis yeah. of you know, the church and the, the Catholic church, I'm going to be the opposite of it. I'm going to call it this to, as the shock factor. And so everybody come on board and we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Well, if you look at the people, like we said, who he attributed as his influences, one of those names that's not listed there is Crowley. He, right. P.T. Barnum, Mark Twain, all entertainers that were able to make, use that entertainment to become rich and famous even Rasputin no matter what you think of him go back and listen to the episode he was an entertainer 
who was able to make it like make himself up a bunch of money and become basically like in with the king and queen the czar really but whatever the czar is just another name for a king and queen but became in with the czar because he was able to convince them that he could save their son this is an article where they're talking about the temple of set however they they have to obviously talk about the church of satan because that's where it all came mm-hmm. from and this is what they say Anton Xander LeVay, born Howard Stanton LeVay, organizes the, the church in 66. He presented a media-savvy, near-caricature of Satanism that attracted an underground following in jaded 1960s Los Angeles slash San Francisco. LeVay routinely stated that the Church of Satan embraced and embodied the principles of indulgence over abstinence. The public face of Satanism with LeVay at the helm was just the new name for hedonism, albeit with a religious veneer. But despite the cartoon-like nature of some of LeVay's public appearances and rhetorical postures, privately the founder of the Satanic Church seems to have believed in an actual Satanic being, quote, the man downstairs, as he would refer to the devil. LeVay went so far as to compose a private pact with the devil that he allowed no one else to read. LeVay Satan was not the traditional scarecrow of Judeo-Christian tradition. Rather, Satan, quote, was understood to be an authentic metaphysical presence, a being not evil, but rather independent, assertive, and creative. And it also says, while casual members of the Church of Satan were allowed to see Satan as a mere metaphor, once one joined the priesthood, the allegory ended. And that's from somebody who left the church and who was kind of on the inside so i don't know what his personal beliefs were i just know i've read his books and i'm not making any excuses for him he probably did but what when you hear that he made a pact with satan what if you're especially if you're a christian or came from a judeo-christian background what they're talking about in satan that's not how you view satan it's not the same being that we know Satan to be. No, but they viewed Satan, and it's one of those things, because I went down kind of the Anton LaVey and went down the, the the Church of Satan kind of a little bit here and there with doing the, some of the other episodes I've done, and then, you know, for this one. Their belief of Satan really is in our own head. Satan is, in a lot of ways, is us. You know, and it's kind of, it's weird. I mean, you have to like, it's very egotistic. I mean, you're not supposed to, and that's what gets weird. You're not supposed to be egotistical, but it's all about us. It's all about you. It's all very self-centered, but you're not supposed to be that self-centered. But really, that's what it almost seems like is in a lot of ways, they believe that we are what we should be worshiping. And that it gets really weird. Yeah, so let's talk about how this all split up and which is going to lead us into next week's episode Mm -hmm. so there was a official church of satan newsletter called the cloven hoof and again (laughs) this this is where he loved to just poke people in the eye and he would find like the most uh, you know outrageous things to name things and so Mm -hmm. forth because he didn't believe in any of this symbolism of satanism zero yeah i mean they would have all a big joke to him yeah it was it was even what they had in the black house and all that stuff he would 
literally go research things and find things because he didn't know anything about them. And he'd be like, yeah, we need to put that up. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, cause it, it, you know, it fits what we're supposedly doing here. Yeah. It's supposed to be, he would look for things where he would go through the Catholicism and cat, you know, Christianity and look for things that were supposed to be signs of evil. Right. You know, the number six, 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 um, you know, it's the, the pentagram, the, you know, Baphomet, the pentagram, Baphomet. I mean, look at all the symbols. Every symbol is like the symbols that if you, I said, hey, Satanism, the symbols that pop up in your head. Right. So in March 1969, on military leave to get married, Michael Aquino attended a lecture on fortune telling and character analysis held in LeVay's Black House. And this was at 6114 California Street. And now they're in Los Angeles. And that's interesting because, as we'll learn next week, you need to remember that because that's going to come back into play. Why Aquino would be interested in those, that subject, fortune telling and character analysis. So Aquino, along with his wife Janet, after getting married and him attending these lectures, they sent in their letter of application. Aquino's talents were recognized early, and he quickly rose to prominence in the Church of Satan. Among his distinctions are that he performed the first Misa Solemnis as a relatively new priest of second degree. He performed the second satanic wedding ever, and he wrote portions of satanic rituals for all the different grottos. And for years, he wrote and was the editor of the official newsletter, The Cloven Hoof. So during this time, he was really trying to steer this church in a completely different way. He was undermining LeVay basically at every turn because Aquino took this very seriously. Yes. It all came to a head in 1975. During the course of that year, he found that he could no longer, according to him, in good conscience, continue to be identified with the Church of Satan. This occurred when LeVay decided to begin selling priesthood offices. And again, we, we talked about LeVay was just there to make money. Mm-hmm. So rather than Satanists advancing through the degree systems based solely on merit, LeVay announced a new policy through the Cloven Hoof that professional services, funds, real estate, objects of value, etc., which contribute to the tangible worldly success of the Church of Satan are qualifications for elevation to both second degree and third degree priest or high priest in the church. Aquino, the editor, forcefully objected, wasn't having any of it, was really mad about it. LeVay didn't budge, and he insisted that Aquino publish the article as written Basically, Kino said, I can't, I can't do this anymore, and he, he resigned in disgust. And then he went on a huge Anton LaVey is a fake campaign. Yeah. And we'll get into all of that next week. But that's where the split happened, and that's what it happened over, because this whole thing, this version, the 1966 version of the Church of Satan was a rue. It was a joke. It got further and way more out of hand than they ever planned to. 
not because they weren't trying, because Anton LaVey was trying any and every way he could to get this out there, but it was for monetary reasons. He wasn't trying to convert anybody. No. He wasn't even looking for a big church or big memberships. He, he wanted to live and not work and sell this idea that he had to the freaks and, you know, like you said, all these weirdos that would kind of wander in and out and would drop money at the door. Yeah. You know, attract, cer- all, attract certain fun. stars for some star power. If you got Jane Mansfield coming there, a lot of dudes are going to show up. And a lot of people think that he's the reason she died. Yes. There, there's that. If you just search up sometime Anton LaVey with celebrities, there it's everywhere. Yeah. He, he was a big presence in Hollywood. He got onto anything and everything he could. He would just show up at sets. Sometimes he would, they would actually get him into the production or he would be in the background somewhere. And... It's interesting because there was a time when people said, oh, man, if he showed up and they put him on the show, well, it was cursed or it was a satanic show and they were sending a message and all this stuff. No, he just he wanted money. Yeah. Easy money. And wrapping up, what's your take? What's your thoughts on a Anton LaVey and B his version of the Church of Satan? Like he was a showman. It was all about show. It was all about money. Anton LaVey, I mean, he is, in a lot of ways, the antithesis of religion. The whole idea of his religion was that there was no religion. That religion was a joke, that you shouldn't follow anyone, that you shouldn't be a sheep, that you should be do your own thing, which, like I said, he has multiple times where he quoted that if you pay 200 and whatever dollars to become a member of the church, then you're not a real Satanist because you want to join a group. You don't want to be in a group. You want to be on your own. So I think he was a showman. It was all about the money to him, and he was just a showman. Yeah, so in an article I read, they put it this way, and I think this is an interesting way of putting it. It said, while the Church of Satan had privately professed belief in the, quote, Lord Satan and honored him in secret ceremonies, its public face tended to mirror the surrounding pop culture. And maybe that's true, but from everything I've read, that even behind closed doors and even even Xena, his daughter, came out later and said, yeah, it was all a show. The whole thing, mm-hmm. from top to bottom, was a show. Now, I'm a Christian, and I know I can hear some of my Christian brothers and sisters out there say, well, you're kind of going light on this guy. No, I fully recognize that this guy was playing and being used by Satan, but not in the way you think. Because when you hear the, ch- the church of Satan and the Satanism, it conjures up horror movies, it conjures up exorcisms, it conjures up you know, summoning the, the, the dark lord in you know, some pyramid somewhere, and they're all possessed and everything. No, these were clowns. They, they were literally circus clowns punking the culture at the time. Uh, they were part of the 60s counterculture, bucking the system, bucking their mom and dad, their parents, and, and the society at large. Yes, I understand that at the end of the day, what they were doing from a Christian perspective was 
wrong, and I don't agree with him on any level, me personally, at all. I don't think they were anything to be afraid of. And if you were around during that time, people were terrified of this group. They blamed everything on them. And, and the irony is, is that you, you, they played right into the Church of Satan's hand. That's what they wanted. They wanted press. They wanted people freaked out. They wanted to be in the news. They wanted it all. And the gullible church, in my opinion, provided instead of just saying, you know what, you're all clowns and we're ignoring you. And if they had done that, they would have gone away into oblivion. No one would have cared because in the end, they were doing nothing more than your neighbors are doing, except they were dressing up for Halloween every day. That's the honest truth. They were just doing their thing and not going to church. And they were like, we don't go to church. We don't care about church. We don't think you need to go to church. There is no God. There is no Satan. There is nobody. It's just us. We're all humanists. And they actually had fairly moral boundaries and guidelines on a lot of their issues. Yes. Which is shocking when you really dig into it. Yeah, there was a lot of things when it comes to, and I think that's the hard thing for me, and a lot of times when we've talked about Satanism in the past, I've always associated Satanism more with the Anton LaVey version. Right. That's why a lot of times I'm like, they didn't even believe in Satan, all that kind of stuff. So, But the more I do research, what we're going to talk about next week, that is the Satanism that everyone's afraid of, that they should have been afraid of. And that That is... That was the one. Yes, and the more I have dug into this, what I'm finding out is that there's this belief in the split that there are two beings. There's Satan and there's Lucifer, that they are not the same being. And Luciferianism is a whole different matter, Mm -hmm. and that is what you should be looking out for don't have anything to do with, not that I think you should have anything to do with the church of Satan, but I mean, if you're talking about the, oh man, these are evil people, like they want to be evil and they want to rule the world with Satan or with Lucifer as they, next week when we hit the temple of Set and we go through what there went down and what they, the groundwork they've laid fully on board, those people are straight evil. Yes. All right. Well, I've got the midweek, and I'll be back on Wednesday. And so I don't even know what I'm doing yet, so I'll look forward to that. we got a lot of listeners' requests. I'll have to plow through them and see what's going on there. But in the meantime, we will be back next week. We'll be talking about, so do some homework, Michael Aquino, Temple of Set. We're going to go down that rabbit hole. That's going to be quite interesting, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, I'm Big D. Now, Brandon, we're out of here. See you later.